Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Battles of the Bands. Battles of the Bands is an opinionated discussion to determine why one musical act is better than the other. The ultimate prize is our greater appreciation and nothing more. The opinions today come from Kanem and Ryan. We have no professional backgrounds in music, but we'll act as though we lead scholarships on the subject. With that said, our format is simple. Each of us has listened to the same four to eight songs from each band. We've studied their origins and backgrounds, and now we'll pin them against each other for our undeserving entertainment. Today's battle, Skillet versus Fireflight. I want to say Firefly. Why do I want to say Firefly, Ryan? Well, Fireflight doesn't quite roll off the tongue like a firefly does, and I don't think that anybody wants fire on their flight. No, that's true. They probably don't. Maybe this band does. Um, I do notice that this band occasionally holds a candle, um, which is interesting because you can hold a candle to this band. Hello, everyone. This is Battles of the Bands. This is one of your hosts, Kanem. Over there, we have our other host, Ryan. Ryan, besides our nonsense talk, how's it going? Excellent. I'm really excited today to uh, get into our battle. The arena has been prepped. We've been uh, sanitizing all the seats and we've uh, blocked off so that people are sitting at least six feet apart. Indeed. Um, we are all masked up and ready to go or in separate rooms of separate towns. Uh, either way works, but we can make the battle work that way too. We have quite the battle tonight. Two bands I had never heard of and it's been a long time coming. This is our fourth or fifth scheduled version of this. We never actually got to start recording it until right now, so it's been a long time coming and eagerly anticipated. Ryan, Skillet, Fireflight, why these two bands, and what's your history with them? Well, Skillet and Fireflight are actually a little bit on the new side of my listening uh, preferences, although they're not new bands. Uh, I wanted to stay on the path of strong female vocalists. And although Skillet has a male lead, his counterpart has one of my favorite female voices. Uh, Skillet is not always associated with Christian rock, but has promoted the gospel every chance they can get. Uh, I'm not as familiar with Fireflight, but I got a Skillet vibe from after listening to them on their playlist. Uh, Fireflight is in the genre of Christian rock and is not compliant with the sound stereotyped with this genre. Um, I really like their female uh, singer's voice, and often the vocals are backed up by a male voice. So Fireflight and Skillet, they seem to have kind of an opposite approach in the genders of lead and backup vocals. Uh, both bands uh, include a married couple in their membership. So uh, a lot of similarities that we can pull from them today. Which one did you discover first? Is it Skillet then? Skillet is the is more known, uh, generally speaking, not even just from my listening, uh, but uh, in in the world of, of which they are uh, known, Skillet is the more known band. Now, when my wife was growing up, she's from the Midwest here, um, much like you are and much like I am not. When my wife was growing up, she went to some kind of Christian music festival here in Minnesota. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? And this would have been in like the 80s and 90s. Mm, I, that's actually a little before my time. Uh, <clears throat> I think it still goes on to this day, the one that she went to. Just, I, I okay. don't know. I'm sure I've heard of it. But, uh, but yeah, Skillet is always a headliner. Uh, whether it's a Christian group uh, or a Christian audience or it's just a general um, rock and roll alternative, uh, Skillet has been uh, known to be in both categories, and I think that's part of their marketing uh, strategy. Interesting. Um, this is not my genre of music. It is not music that has ever spoken to me or something I've sought out or ever been really exposed to. Um, I had some a couple of very uh, devout friends in high school, but one of them's favorite band was Rat. That's not in this genre. And the other one, I don't think would go anything anywhere near anything with a guitar. So I don't think these would fall in their wheelhouse either. Um, so I have very limited experience with this genre. And so the amount of times I've listened to the songs we're going to cover tonight is quadrupled to whatever a hundred times would be in that 
verbiage, the amount of this kind of music I've listened to. Um, that should also probably identify where we come from from a personal and philosophical perspective a little bit on these two, which should make this a fascinating discussion. What say we dive in and take a look at our competitors? Absolutely. Who would you like to see come through the arena gates first? Let's welcome Skillet into the arena. And Skillet, yes. Uh, I, I think uh, you were going to take some notes and, and talk Indeed. a little bit about the background on Skillet. Indeed. I'll let you go ahead with that. Yeah, and fill in the gaps for me here because my notes are a little old and out of date, but that's all right. I do know they were formed in Memphis country music country uh, in 1996. Also very deep gospel roots in Memphis and uh, very deep Elvis connections in Memphis. So lots of music. It's a music city almost as much as, say, in Austin. But in 1996, Skillet formed there. It is fronted by a married couple, John Cooper, on lead vocals, bass guitar, and acoustic guitar. His wife, Corey Cooper, on rhythm guitar, keyboards, synthesizers, backing vocals. And uh, John Ledger on drum. Oh, no, it's a Jen, not a John. Boy, I can't read my printing. It's a Jen Ledger on drums and female vocals. Ah, I see. So she's the counterpoint. And Seth Morrison on lead guitar. As far as I know, that's the current lineup, and it's been stable since 2011, I believe I read. They've released 10 albums. They've had two Grammy nominations, one for their album Collapse and one for their album Collide. They like those C albums. Uh, one in 2004, one in 2007, and they were nominated in a category I had no idea existed. Best Rock or Rap Gospel Album. Fascinating. Best Rap Gospel Album. And I'll, anyway. and I'll give you a little hint now. Both bands tonight were nominated for that same Grammy nomination. So that's a category that both bands hit. Uh, obviously, there's some connections here. The other thing I'll mention about Skillet is that in much of the music that they play, there isn't a direct connection to necessarily Christianity. However, as I had mentioned in the opening, uh, John is one that purposely works with contemporary music with contemporary festivals with the hopes that he can try to spread the gospel in between songs and try to get to an audience that normally wouldn't have a christian background to it see that's so fascinating to me because i read each of these as uh largely Christian allegory songs. And I think that's because I knew that they fell into that genre, so when I listened to them, I was listening with those ears. What we do here on the show, and we didn't address this up front, is we listen to six songs by each of the bands, and then we drill down to three of them to talk about. What six songs did we listen to by Skillet? In Skillet, I think I may have put in a seventh one accidentally here, but I'll go over them anyway. Uh, we have Hero, Feel Invincible, Not Gonna Die, the Resistance, Awake and Alive, Back from the Dead, and Stars. Okay. I did not listen to one of those. It was, I think it was the third one you mentioned, at least not recently I haven't. What was that again? Not Gonna Die. No, you that one I listened that... to. That one okay. I listened to. What's the other one? Uh, well, there's Feel Invincible yeah. and The Resistance. The Resistance is the one I did not listen to. Yeah, Skillet has got kind of an ongoing theme that they've used with their songs and you'll notice that a lot of the titles even tell you kind of a story you're talking about a hero somebody who feels invincible somebody who's not gonna die and then you have the resistance and awaken alive and back from the dead so a lot of these songs will tie together there's even been fans out there who said that skillet needs to make a motion picture out of some of their material really see i Okay, I find that fascinating. So let's let's talk about these songs and talk about what that would look like because I have not watched any videos by these, so I don't really have a visual when I come to them. Um, let's talk about Hero out of the gate. And the first two things when listening to this song that come to mind are Imagine Dragons, because for some reason their music really reminds me of Imagine Dragons, and they also remind me of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Are you familiar with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? <laughs> I am. Our Christmas favorites always come come around once a year. They're, and it has that like loud, and I don't mean loud in a like metally loud hurt your ears way. I mean that in a noisy way. There's a lot going on in their music. There's a lot of it's sort of like operatic. It's over the top. 
there's lots of different instruments going on and lots of different voices. There's calls and answers going on, particularly in this song. Um, and there is, I get a big picture of a John Tesh type with long flowing hair blowing in the rock breeze, but with a more uh, up-tempo backed by a sweeping orchestra doing the Aerosmith sort of dream on with an orchestra thing. <laughs> so that's what I kind of get from this. That, well, it's interesting that you say that because you describe John in no way whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? Sometimes not seeing, not having those visuals can put some um, you know, thoughts in your mind and gets you to your own conclusions. I think it's interesting that you also said operatic because I actually think that Skillet has a good setup for protect, per, perhaps maybe even on a Broadway musical side more than I would say on a uh, motion picture side. There's almost a Jim Steinman, I think his name is, the guy that wrote the Meatloaf stuff, the guy that wrote Bad Out of Hell and Bad Out of Hell 2. Um, with uh, I would do anything for love that kind of like big sound is similar to this in many ways and the who and Tommy has that feel that's kind of big music so yeah I could see a rock opera out of these guys well I will tell you about hero a little bit now the hero the song actually went double platinum from the recording industry association of America uh, so two million that's that's nothing short of, uh, you know, that's that's nothing to sneeze at for sure. It is the opening track of the album, and the album is Awake. Um, the song, obviously talking about a hero. We're also talking about a Christian band by nature. So really, you can kind of come to the conclusion, the song is basically about mankind's need for a hero, and that hero being Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I, I got that from this. I also got a, a second coming kind of vibe in that that's the story this is almost trying to tell. Um, and it, I mean, of course, one of the lines is a hero is not afraid to give their life. And of course, the biblical story of Jesus and the sacrifice he makes for mankind's sins. Um, it, for me, when looking at this, it's a little on the nose. And since that's not my perspective in philosophy, it feels a little... I gotta be careful how I temper this, but it feels a little eye-rolly to me because it's like, it's like when you read the Chronicles of Narnia and realize as an adult that Aslan is Jesus, and you're like, oh, really? Oh yeah, I see what you did there. And I kind of feel like way about this song too. Well, I'll, I'll give you another take on this, and and this song has actually had a little bit of a resurgence here, uh, you know, 11 years later, going on 12 years later. Uh, in the frontline healthcare workers department, mm. uh, the song has kind of moved up as being a anthem to those people as we're needing a hero and uh, working with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I think that uh, you can put what you want into some of these songs. It doesn't have to be a Christian song or a Christian lyric. Uh, it's written that way, but I think that artists like Skillet will allow you to move into it whatever way you want, and hopefully some of those people are converted by the way of, of just seeing how the lyrics move them. See, that's a question I have about this, and I actually don't have an answer. This is not a leading question that I'm throwing out there. It's that as a piece of music, um, this is an anthemic song. This is a crowd pleasing crowd roaring kind of song that i can imagine live and a crowd of people even if they're not believers believing in the music and getting into it so i could see that almost like a metal anthem vibe uh you and i have both recently watched cobra kai season three and i think of the d snyder very strange concert thing in there where people are very into it so i could see people like giving themselves over to this kind of song and this kind of music but what I wonder about is, is there something insidious about it? Is this like hiding the pill in the ice cream? Um, now, I know a lot of people wouldn't view that as a pill, but there's something to me, and this is just my own background, probably speaking, that's insidious about trying to sneak something in. So if you're going to go for proselytizing, maybe go for proselytizing. And that kind of contradicts what I said about how on the nose this song is. But again, I kind of wonder what would have happened if you had handed me these bands and not told me the genre, because that obviously colored everything I'd think about these songs, not in a negative way, but that would be the meaning I was looking for in these songs. Because as you say, you could read this song very differently. It could be read as exactly like you said, healthcare workers, 
um, or any other type of hero. And hero, I wrote this right down in my notes. I, I said the, what did I say? I said the duality of the meaning and the concept of heroes. So I, I get that you could go both places with it, but once I know the band's intent and what he's trying to do, it comes across a little like, ah, come on, buddy. If you want to really talk to me about it, let's talk. You know. But what do you think of it as a piece of music? Well, I, I just to answer a little bit on what you were saying there, and I don't see insidious as being the word that I would use for this more than I would say planting a seed. I think that oftentimes people in the uh, contemporary world who are not as familiar with Christian music automatically assume that it's, you know, kumbaya and, and that mm. there's no such thing as electric guitars and basses and drums that, uh, you know, skillet has a love for music. They have a love for God. They happen to put them together and they're not going to necessarily slap you in the face. If you don't like one or the other, they're looking for, uh, you know, this is part of their living as well. So as far as the song itself, uh, yeah, it's 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 in your face. It's ready to go. It's it's an anthem. It's it's all of those things. Let's talk about stars, because I, I think this is another sweeping big song. Both of these bands make big music. Um, synthesizers come into play with stars. And it does really, in terms of the sweeping nature of the big music here, it does give me a sense of the vastness of the universe and takes me to kind of a cosmic place. Um, this felt to me like the kind of song you'd hear at a modern church service. Uh, I have attended church services with my in-laws, and my wife's parents go to very traditional services. Um, they're Lutherans and they go to Lutheran services that have traditional hymns and songs. My sister-in-law, on the other hand, I've gone to services at her church and they have a much more contemporary thing um, where the music is much more contemporary. I prefer the old school style when I attend these services. I just think I like the music better. But the reason I'm bringing this up with stars is this kind of sounds like the kind of song I would hear in my sister-in-law, my wife's sister's church. It has a very modern christian hymn feel to me um and another and hands in the air kind of thing again too both in terms of uh giving yourself over to your spiritual beliefs and giving yourself over to the music you know where i'm coming from on that absolutely you know and i think that stars is one of the songs that i would say in the skillet world where there's no doubt what they're singing about uh not like some of the other songs or the the other next song that we're going to talk about uh but stars was written uh, back 2015, 2016. It was on Unleashed uh, as far as the album. It was also in the soundtrack of the movie The Shack. So originally the soundtrack for The Shack, most of the uh, artists in that soundtrack wrote songs for that song. Excuse me, wrote songs for that movie. Uh, Skillet wrote this before the movie was in existence, and this happened to just fit really well. Um, <clears throat> John Cooper had spoken to thehopeline.com, and he had said that the song is about, we believe that God is in control of very big things. In other words, most people don't question whether the sun is going to come up the next day, if we're going to all freeze to death because the sun burns out, or the earth is in rotation. All of these big things in the universe are being run every day, and we have the faith for that. But a lot of times we don't have faith for the little things that God can help heal a relationship between a husband and wife, or a parent and kid, or save a marriage, or help when I'm feeling alone, or help me through a bad time, things like that. When I'm struggling with depression or loneliness, or whatever that may be, so the song stars is about the fact that God is in control of all these big things. And this is a quote, uh, you know, that John Cooper said about this song. Yeah, and that comes through. I, it definitely his message comes through. He's, uh, he's speaking his truth on that. Uh, I guess he would also argue it wasn't his truth, too. Um, <laughs> my problem with this song isn't... I actually really like the music of both of these bands. So that's not why it doesn't connect with me. It's it's the lyrics and the meaning of the songs that doesn't connect with me. Um, for instance, on this, I noted I like the sweeping chorus, but it's so so cheesy. 
Um, so it doesn't have an emotional resonance for me. Also, I have a scientific issue with it. The stars aren't really held in place. The stars move, and where the constellations are different each night, depending on where you're looking. And you know, I've, there's a part of the geeky science Neil deGrasse Tyson fan in me that's going, "No, the stars aren't held in place, anyways." But that's just me. Well, and I think you're taking a very, very literal sense to something that, uh, you know, when we're when we're working with songs that are faith based you're you're never going to have the black and white you're going to have a lot of the gray and uh you know as far as the the lyrics for me you know there's some beautiful lyrics in here uh one i'd mention to you here would be if you can calm a raging sea you can calm the storm in me and sometimes for people it's not about religion or faith but just knowing that there's something that they can use to cope with some of the struggles some of the stress the worries the things that uh, almost everybody in today's world is dealing with. And it happens to be Skillet or John Cooper's way of saying that, you know what, God is one of these options that you can use to cope and make things better in your life. I, I do like that. And, and that was well said, Ryan. Um, one of the, uh, I think we all have a place that feels right for us and I'm not sure everyone finds that place in their life no um, but there's always is probably a place and a viewpoint and a perspective and a philosophy and perhaps a religion or not um, mm -hmm. that fits someone's specific situation and who they are and that comfort is something that is necessary sometimes um, mm -hmm. and so in that regard this song does hit something universal on it yeah I, I get what you're saying about the lyrics there um and time point check uh hope i don't offend you with anything i say about any of these songs ryan not my intent at all no that, that I, I no i i think that this is coming from two people coming from two different worlds and uh i'm by no means i'm trying to convert you <laughs> i think that these bands and honestly if you were to look at some of the comments made by their fans many of them would tell you that they're not christians but they love the band and there are many people who would say you know what i don't have to say i love this band but i'm christian hmm. you know so it doesn't go back the other way around but i think that in, in many cases with music um if there weren't religion faith in the world of music, we would have lost huge percentage of our music. That's true, because um, some of the earliest music that we know of is faith-based. So, absolutely. Um, at least that we still have record of. I guess would be a better way to put it. Um, anyway, let's talk about the last of these songs that we're going to focus on. Uh, the one I actually thought was least. Uh, overtly Christian themed even though the title of it is absolutely Christian themed so it's weird that I say that but let's talk about this uh, Vampire's Revenge uh, Inside a Coffin Back from the Dead song Ryan well you, you said vampires I'm going to correct you he is going after zombies in this one yeah, why did I write down vampires? Because I know I also wrote the zombies down here too, but I wrote, wrote down vampires and inside a coffin. What was I thinking when I wrote that? Well, <laughs> if you were to look at some of the still shots of the video, they do have a very pale complexion. They're they're okay. painted up in a lot of white and black, and so uh, it, it's a monster song. And actually, this song is a sequel song, actually, to uh, one of their earlier hits called Monster. Is it thematically the same? Like, I did not feel the Christian overtones of this song so much outside of the title. Um, it does sound like a zombie. It's almost like a, another fist-pumping, get-into-it-head-banging kind of song that still has a melody underneath it all, pulling off sort of a Nirvana trick without the feedback and without well, the mumbles. I found, I found two quotes by John Cooper about this song that I found very relevant to this and it kind of takes you two different ways i'm not sure that uh he necessarily knew that he was describing it two different ways but i can see both being relevant uh one said uh skillet has been told throughout the years that we could be more successful if we strayed away from our christian message stop playing christian shows and festivals 
we've had to stand up for our beliefs and not compromise in the face of those challenges. This song is about not giving up that fight. So back from the dead, basically he was told in some cases that, boy, if you would act a little more on the alternative rock side, that you guys would get much more uh, publicity and more, more fans. Uh, his point was that rock is not dead. You know, this type of music is not dead. We're back from the dead. We're still making these songs. We're still selling out every single concert that we go to. So that was kind of a big, you know, this was a, I don't care what you think. If you think we're dead, we're back from the dead. Now, the other quote that I did have on here, uh, he had talked to uh, Nerdist.com, and he had said, I write in metaphors quite a lot. The idea that there are people out there that want to chase me down and steal away my hope, try to drag me down, try to make me as miserable as they are, that felt a little like being zombies to me. That thought led me to many of the lyrics in this song. You know, you mentioned that they've been encouraged to lean into their alt-rock cred rather than their Christian rock cred. I disagree. I think they made the right choice by sticking to who they are because I don't see them as very edgy. Like, they're loud and they're boisterous and they have hard rock influences. I don't see these guys as alt. Like, I consider what I hear here to be hard rock, Christian rock with big sweeping opera overtones glam rock there's kind of a glam rock christian rock to this yeah i could see that so i think they made the right choice because i think they're in the right fit i would love to actually go to a skillet show once the pandemic is over if only to chat with the crowd because you've got me fascinated because i think of this as these as niche acts like when we covered tori um and regina but more i'm thinking of tori i kind of think of tori these days as a niche act of like whose fans are the crunchy, granola, progressive, canum types. <laughs> That's what I consider, and I'm not that crunchy or granola, but I think that there's a lot of people that, that are fans of her that fall in that. And when I hear these bands, I can't picture people outside of the Christian rock fans. So I would love to talk to the people, because I believe they exist, because you're telling me they do. Um, so I'd love to talk to them and find out, hey, if you really appreciate this music outside of its message. It's interesting. I actually I wrote down a comment that was made by a, a their their handle in this case was E Stone uh, on the one of the official videos and the quote was I don't always listen to Skillet but when I do so do my neighbors. <laughs> Before we move on to Fireflight, I want to give you a chance to say anything else you have to say about Skillet. But the last note I have on them um, with. The call and answer aspect here where John's voice is up front and I guess it's Jen's voice, uh, the drummer that we often hear yeah. giving the answer on the call and answer. I found these guys to be very aggressive. There's an, I don't know if I'd say anger because it seems like teddy bear anger, but there's an aggression in this music that I didn't always like. It was a little too in my face sometimes. Um, other than that, I like the operatic style and didn't connect with the message. I guess that's my final thought on Skillet. What else do you have on them? I, I would love to go to a Skillet concert with you, Canem. I, I know my dad and my sister did go to a concert of theirs uh, several years back. It was a festival. It was, I think, eight to ten bands, something like that. And I'll tell you that they were the only Christian band there, but guess what? They were the closers. Hmm. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah, they don't, they don't have a whole lot of... Um, uh, volume control they don't have a whole lot of release the pedal to the metal kind of uh, attitude and i think that uh they're they do that purposefully probably their softest song is stars then even outside of all of the ones even yeah. outside of these six and, and i'll be honest with you that's not a very well-known song by them outside of the fact that it was on a uh, soundtrack for a motion picture i don't think that anybody would tell you in the first five to ten uh, songs, if they're a true fan, that stars would be one of them. Hmm. What is the movie? Like, I've never heard of that film. What was it called again? It is called The Shack. Now, is that a Christian film, or is that just a movie? I don't know. Huh. I did not research it at all. I've not okay. seen it. Um, Interesting. Uh, I've got the impression that it probably is a feel-good uh, kind of the family that goes up to the shack and comes back you know, with less problems than when they started. That's kind of my guess on that, but I really don't know. 
It is uh, after suffering a family tragedy, Mac Phillips spirals into a deep depression that causes him to question his innermost beliefs. Facing a crisis of faith, he receives a mysterious letter urging him to an abandoned shack in the Oregon wilderness. Uh, that movie could go all sorts of different directions. Okay, now I'm mildly yeah. intrigued by that. <laughs> <laughs> well, go out and see that. Put some notes out there on our site if you've seen The Shack, if you remember the song on there. What did it mean to you? Yeah, we would love to hear from those of you listening out there. Um, I had another podcast in years past that I gave a shout-out to on a podcast that I just got to be a guest appearance on called pod quiz i also gave this one a shout out so if you've discovered us through pod quiz please thank james for putting me on that show and then make comments about this too and welcome to anyone who's discovered us through any means out there um let's welcome our other contender into the arena Fireflight. i don't have any background as far as how they came up with that name but as we were talking about it at the opening of this uh, podcast, it got me thinking maybe I should have looked that up to see if they had any storyline behind it. Uh, this is a Christian rock band from Eustis, Florida. They were formed in 1999, so again, a 90s uh, Christian rock band. They were Grammy nominated in 2011 under the category of Best Rock or Rap Gospel al- Album. Uh, and that album was For Those Who Wait, and we'll be talking about the uh, title track to that album. Uh, genres that I found for Fireflight, hard rock, Christian rock, alternative metal, and post-grunge. And I'm pretty sure you'd find a lot of those descriptions in Skillet as well, but this is under Fireflight. Uh, members, Don Michelle, lead vocals, Wendy and Glenn Drennan. Uh, bass and rhythm guitar i mentioned that we have another uh married couple in here and then justin cox on lead guitar backup vocals and keyboards now as of current there is not a drummer listed for the band however adam mcmillan uh is has played for drums for them in the past uh it says all the way up through 2020 but is not listed as a former band member so i don't know what the storyline is behind that but uh um the band right now has uh, six albums. I believe a seventh one maybe uh, had been made, um, but I don't know that it's been released yet. It's probably the drummer sounds like one of those touring musician, musician situations. Where... It did look that way because he showed up pretty much whenever there was a, an album that needed to be released. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, what did we listen to by Fireflight? Fireflight, we have six songs that were lined up. Unbreakable. Stay Close, Brand New Day, For Those Who Wait, You Decide, and Wrapped in Your Arms. And we have decided to focus on Unbreakable, For Those Who Wait, and Wrapped in Your Arms. And you brought up a point right early on that this band is actually fronted by a female vocalist, and they do have male backing vocals. So it is kind of the in- it is the inverse of what we heard with Skillet. Um, starting with Unbreakable, what are your... Th- thoughts and take on this song unbreakable was uh part of the unbreakable album yeah that was uh released in 2008 uh lyrically it's uh based on the biblical account of jesus and the woman taken for adultery uh in that particular story jesus had spoke up uh, for a woman that they had planned to kill uh for being guilty of adultery but uh the idea here was that uh um Although she was guilty, she had been freed and she'd been given a second chance. And uh, the opening line to Unbreakable is, where are all the people that accuse me? And uh, this has been often described as an anthem song. I have that down here. That's one of my many notes. Um, I wrote down sports anthem. I kind of feel like this is an arena kind of song. Um, the way it sounds and also like the concept of unbreakable a lot of sports would love to uh, use that Um, I have no doubt and and again this is another one of those bands that even though they are listed as a Christian rock band uh, many of their followers are not necessarily Christians and they'll take it for whatever it's worth and in some cases it's a slap in the face uh, of, of what they're singing about. In other cases, it might be about a relationship with another person. Uh, I think that uh, people can oftentimes uh, find their way through these messages in multiple ways. So this is definitely one of those. 
And when it comes to this song, um, I actually found it a lot easier to separate from any particularly overt Christian message of it, which maybe let me into the song a little bit more because it felt more familiar. Um, I wrote down exactly that, maybe easier to escape the Christian themes. And I did note what is allowing her to be unbreakable, and I wondered if that's part of what was going on there. And there's talk about faith, and it's hard to keep going and persevering, but all of those things can apply to a lot more than any kind of religious faith. Uh, definitely a Trans-Siberian Orchestra feel again for me on this, which I always enjoy the holidays just for that reason myself. Um, it's the pervasiveness of that. Um, and I actually do prefer in some ways a female vocalist on my loud rock songs. I don't know why, but give me this kind of music over Skillet usually, and we'll talk about if that's my final verdict here. But I actually connected a lot more to Unbreakable. Um... Musically, what's your thoughts on it? You have a music background. Is this as big as a Skillet song? I don't find that Fireflight is as big, and and not when I when I say the word big, I'm not talking about their reach or their their fan base. I'm talking about as big as in sound. I think that Fireflight is a little bit more um, tame than it would be with a skillet but that's not to say that i think that you know skillet is better or fireflight is better it's a different sound it's uh they've got similarities both bands love to put the strings in there and uh i think that both bands really like to have those positive messages but they're also being real with their audiences that there are times where they are broken or that they are hurting or that they need something in this case uh with unbreakable she's basically saying do what you want with me because i am unbreakable there's also a notion here that, that you're not going to scare me because of that too like you you can do what you want i'm unbreakable and therefore there's no fear because i mm -hmm. have myself so that's an empowering message and to hear that coming from a woman is empowering too it gives it a more feminist bent I, I would also mention that Unbreakable as a, a theme or as a, a title, no matter what religion or faith or lack thereof uh, that you have, there are many times where you're going to be criticized for who you are. And it may not be necessarily about your faith. It might be about your gender. It may be about your age. There's all kinds of isms out there. And Unbreakable is to just say that, you know what, I am who I am. And you're not going to define me or break me. That's why we work well in a Nike ad. You know, that's, that's the sports <laughs> thing again. Uh, Absolutely. So I could see that. But now as we drift away from Unbreakable into these other two tracks that we looked at, uh, the religious overtones are certainly more there. Let's talk about For Those Who Wait, because this is the one that you said you should watch the music video for. And I did watch the music video for it. Every single time of the couple dozen times I've listened to this song, I thought this was an abstinence song. I thought this song is telling your teenagers and your 20-somethings to wait until marriage. I thought that's <laughs> what we were doing in this, and um, the difference makes you worth it and all of that. And I wrote down the after-school special. I wrote down the abstinence, the after-school special, and the difference makes it worth it. So that's what the song was about to me. But I also wrote down that in terms of down-tempo songs or, or softer songs, I like this one better than Stars. Yeah, I can see that, absolutely. And for those who wait as a title, you know, it's interesting for somebody uh, like yourself to be giving that interpretation of it because I had never actually thought of it that way. Uh, it kind of comes along with the, the biblical message of uh, good things come for those wait and uh i think that the storyline in the music video actually had not a whole lot of religious uh storyline to it uh the the music video is of a young girl who's practicing on her violin she's trying very hard to get good at it she's found a passion and she has an adult possibly a father on there who clearly does not support her, her uh, passion for violin and uh, actually slams the violin into the ground and destroys it uh, meanwhile she has an admirer who's watching and i shouldn't say admirer it's more somebody who's who's observing this uh, an older gentleman who happens to also play violin 
And throughout the video, you see that he's actually helping encourage her. He helps by allowing her to use the violin and then later gives that violin to her. And the video actually ends up at a music scholarship audition in which the old man happens to be one of the judges. I encourage everyone to pause the podcast right now and head on out and watch the video for, for those who wait by Firefly. Because this kind of really confused me as to why they were going with this because I was convinced about what this song was about. Um, the video, there's some parts of this video that crack me up. This isn't the highest budget production. There are no. some train tracks, the band is, and they're doing the big, bold, rock star kind of presence thing that they're going for there. And the singer did not appear what I expected her to appear like. I don't know what I expected her to appear like, but it wasn't how, what's her name again? Uh, Don Michelle. Don Michelle. Don Michelle did not appear how I actually expected her to appear. Um, not that I had a vision in my head, it just wasn't this. And the rest of the band, I guess they kind of looked in terms of their style and their kind of vibe looked like what I expected. Um, and then in terms of the scenes of the girl playing the violin, uh, the storyline's a little convoluted because she's busking, but apparently she lives in a warehouse with her dad. It looked like a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> and so okay, it kind of threw me out and then the, the thing cracks me up uh, and then I'll well the thing that cracked me up more than the warehouse thing was the sign for the music school auditions looked like it was just printed out hastily from someone's home computer it's not didn't look like the actual kind of sign that a proper music school would have for their audition it was just a piece of paper in like 18 point font slapped on their door for their music auditions so beyond that taking me out of it i will say ryan you got me to tear up a little with this one and i'm actually being genuine here when he gives the violin and he's showing her and then he's one of the judges or whatever now i'm a softie so i'm an yeah. easy mark when it comes to this but for that alone i did tear up i completely do not think that's what this song is about still um <laughs> well, it, it kind of goes back to that theme of that good things happen for those who wait. And I think what they were trying to say there, and, and I'll be honest with you, I think that the band's uh, definition or, or their backing on how this song came to be uh, was probably not written by the same people who uh, determined how the video was going to go. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the idea being that sometimes bad things happen and sometimes it's just a matter of you have to wait it out. And I think that that message, without getting into the political realm, we're in a world right now in the United States where maybe we need to wait it out a little bit. I suppose, but I'm impatient. I want <laughs> the future now. Tell me Don't now. Well, Don't we are in the audition. arena, and I wonder if you are maybe are in the king or queen's uh, 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 space, and that's that's why you've got that feeling. Maybe that could be. Uh, but as I mentioned, too, musically, I actually like this. That there's two pretty songs that we're looking at here. So you can contrast stars with For Those Who Wait. There's more screeching in For Those Who Wait, but I actually think I like the musical composition of this one more than that one. Actually, Wrapped in Your Arms is more of a parallel, isn't it, to stars? I would say that more than, than For Those That's Who true. Wait. That's true. Um, I wonder why I wrote that. Well, Whichever reason I wrote that down, it's still the case. But let's talk about Wrapped in Your Arms. Um, what did you think of this song by the Bangles? <laughs> uh, you'll have to help me out with that uh, with that comparison. Or, or where did you get that from? Is this? It sounded like Eternal Flame. And I don't know if those of you out there know Eternal Flame or know the Bangles that well. The Bangles were a pop group of four women back in the 1980s who had a huge hit with Walk Like an Egyptian. And then eventually, as happens to a lot of bands, became more about their lead singer um, and their breakout star than they did about the band. The Bangles went on for a little bit of a while, still, even after Susanna Hoffs, their lead singer, became more of the focus, and the music softened a bit from even their pop rock sound to more of a just pure pop sound. And those Bangles, shortly before Susanna Hoffs went solo, released a song called Eternal Flame, which is a very sweet piano-based love song that uh, has a sweep to it, and it has candles in the video. 
um, and has a flame in the song title. So when I heard Wrapped in Your Arms by Firefly, it gave me a very much Bangles Eternal Flame vibe. And I loved the Bangles, so, you know, I kind of like this song for that reason. That connection make more sense now? It does now, absolutely. And, and I figured you had a good reason for it. There's, you know, this song has the strings in it. It has the drama that you would expect from it uh, with the lyrics, I'm home. Uh, I will tell you that in, in reading up on this one, the band actually uh, finds this to be their favorite in the uh, from their album. Uh, this comes from the same album as Unbreakable, uh, 2008. Okay. Was that their first album? Because they've had fewer albums than Skillet, or have they just not been around as long? No, because I believe, uh, they, like I said, they started in 1999, so oh. I'm not sure when their first album was out. I didn't go into quite... Okay that much detail but uh they've been around um you know a good nine years going into this one okay so but they released albums at a slightly slower pace than skillet who's only been around three years longer and have had 10 albums okay yeah okay uh, and they're smaller from what you said too they're not as big an act as skillet in in the grand scheme of of their following yeah uh skillet's okay. got a bigger following um for wrapped in your arms to me I felt like the vocals were very vulnerable. It showed a lot of control for her. By the end of this song, I had a little bit of the tearing up. Uh, hmm. It gives me goosebumps hmm. uh, when I listen to how this went. And I think part of it is, is there were parts of the song in which the accompaniment, the band stops, and the it's just her. It's really out there, and it's raw. It is. It, it is a very... This Personal song, mm-hmm. from a, yeah, and, and this song really is about letting your guard down and allowing, you know, and of course they're talking about God, they're talking about Jesus, wrapping in your arms. This could be somebody else, this could be another, uh, this could be a, a love interest that's wrapped in your arms. Um, you know, this is again one of those songs that has multiple interpretations to it despite what the band may have originally written it for. Uh, but I think you could get away with it in this one. Like, if you just threw this song at a person and didn't tell them anything about the band, I think this song could just be a love song. This song could be an eternal flame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, But also, once you know, it kind of makes sense what you're saying there, too, and what the band's intent would be. I actually like that. I like that because I can escape this, uh, escape that meaning more than I could in, say, a star's um, or even a hero from Skillet, and definitely from a For Those Who Wait, which I wasn't able to separate from it. And probably of these songs, The Wrapped in Your Arms is my favorite of the six songs. Um, it's The acoustic guitar in it is very nice. I'm going to have a lot of ums to cut out of this. I'm in a very um place tonight. The acoustic guitar in this is quite nice. I don't know. It's It's a pretty song, and her voice shines more in this song, I think, than in the others, too. But it's doing a different thing than it's doing in For Those Who Wait and Unbreakable. I would say that this is my favorite from Fireflight. I'm not completely sold that that's my favorite between the two bands, but it's certainly my favorite in Fireflight. And, uh, you know, here's another point that I'll go back to. Uh, you had mentioned that it sounds like the Eternal Flame uh, from the Bengals, who are not a Christian band. However, I think you could take that song and certainly interpret it as a christian song but can you do that with manic monday i do not believe so monday okay. monday maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe you could no i could see you doing that too but if you take Susanna hoff's only real solo hit when she did go solo in your room you can't really take that one that no way. it's it certainly is a collection and that's part of listening to these bands is that you may not necessarily catch the message on any one or two songs but if you listen to a playlist of them like we've done uh, you're certainly going to see a reoccurring theme you're going to see that they're trying to emit a message uh, this happens to be a christian message but i think a lot of bands have a reoccurring theme or a reoccurring message that often comes out some of them come out politically some of them come out for uh, you know, for social justice, uh, there are others who just want to stick it to the man, you know, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. This happens to have 
a couple of bands that I thought had very strong musical talents. They have backings from the Christian, uh, you know, fan base, but they also have fan bases that are outside of that Christian group. Sure. And I, I want to go back to what you said about the goosebumps from this song um, that you got. There was something I was listening today. It wasn't one of these bands, but I, I know that feeling. It was probably a song by Haim, because I've been listening to a lot of that band today, um, in between re-listening to these songs. And that feeling, when a song hits you in that visceral level, I, I get why you would like that song, and I get why you'd like these bands, if it has that effect on you, because that's a powerful moment. Um, and that's the point of music, is to make that connection for whatever reason. So... If Wrapped in Your Arms or Fireflight or Stars or Unbreakable does that for anyone out there, fantastic. You be you, you roll with the music because that's what it's all about, you know? So that's my, uh, like, 70s DJ voice right there going on with that one. All right, now we're getting into the groove of these songs. What other thoughts do you have on Firefly for us tonight, Ryan? I, you know, I, they like I said, they're new to me. I only think I started listening to them maybe two years ago. And uh, I think that there is an honest uh, connection that I have with them that I feel like what they play in their music and how they sing it, it seems to me like if I were to meet them, I would they would be what I would expect them to be. Hmm. I like that. And honestly, I'd rather hang out with these guys than some of my favorite bands. I think my couple of my favorite bands that we haven't covered on this season of our show, but maybe one day will, I wouldn't want to hang out with the members of the National or with R.E.M. I think they'd be insufferable, arrogant uh, pieces of work in some ways. I love their music, but I don't think I'd want to hang out with them. I'd hang out with these guys in Skillet and Firefly. I want to chat with them, get to know what makes them tick. Well, it kind of goes with that uh, that whole notion of no, don't meet your heroes or don't meet your idols. Mm. Maybe so. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't necessarily call these guys heroes or idols. I think they're excellent musicians. I think they are, like I said, they are who they seem to be. And, and I could be totally wrong on that, but I, being a Christian rock band, uh, chances are they are just as good as, as as people as they are in their lyrics. Well, I know the whole hero thing from my brief encounters with Bill Nye back in the 90s, but that will be a time... Now, Bill Nye's great, but it was a don't-meet-your-hero situation. Not because... he It was a letdown. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but enough about you Bill don't want to tell yeah. us how Bill Nye hurt you, do you? He hurt me because he didn't know as much about science when I tried to talk to him <laughs> as I thought he would. And he was more just a guy anyway <laughs> i'll tell that full story one day but i uh, had some a couple of interactions with bill nye back in the summer of 97 i think it might have been 96 somewhere around there <laughs> but that'll be a story for a different time well i think we've said all we can about skillet and Fireflight for our show at least is there anything else you'd want to add before we start to get to our verdicts on these two well uh, now I'm trying to recall, do we normally do our verdicts first or do we say where are they now? Well, we can talk a little bit about where are they now. As far as I know from what I could tell in terms of Skillet, they're still touring when they can. They're still recording and they've had this lineup in place since 2011. So they're still a band, still making music. I don't know if they have a new album on the horizon, but I do know that they were touring fairly recently too, probably up until the pandemic hit. Um, so I think they're still out there, still doing their thing. Excellent. And I, just looking up here how uh, Fireflight is doing again, uh, the only thing I really see in here is that they don't have a current band member that's dedicated to the drums. But that doesn't uh, lead me to believe that they aren't doing things. Uh, I have an album here that says Who We Are, the Head and the Heart uh, album coming out. And it says 2020. I don't know that that has necessarily come out yet. I don't know if the pandemic had anything to do with it or um, if they were waiting for some type of tour dates to get started on. Uh, just to go back, uh, you had asked about uh, other uh, albums from Fireflight. I, in 2002, their opening one is called Glam Rock, believe oh, it or not. And then that. 2006, The Healing of Harms. So just a couple of little things to go back on from our earlier conversation are we ready for a verdict i think we are and i believe you will get to go second as this was your week and your choice of the bands that we had here um let me ask you this question before i give you my winner on this are you familiar with garbage pail kids yes absolutely okay 
Garbage Pail Kids, for those of you who don't know, are satirical versions of Cabbage Patch Kids that were done in trading cards. Um, the 90s? that fair? Or is it even before that? I think the 80s. I think you're going something. back to the 80s for this I one. I think it's back on the 80s. And there were these trading cards, and each and every one of the Garbage Pail Kids, which most of them were very gross, had a counterpart. Now, I'm not big on gross humor, but I was familiar with the Garbage Pail Kids. And my favorites were Off the Wall Paul and Zach Plaque, which were just two babies' heads on plaques. Each of them, it wasn't terribly gross, but it was kind of weird and sick in its own way. Why do I bring up Off the Wall Paul and Zach Plaque and the Garbage Pail Kids? Well, as each of the Garbage Pail Kids had an identical twin counterpart with a different name, I feel these bands are identical twin counterparts with different names. These two bands, if I heard these 12 songs, which I did over and over and over and over again, you could tell me they were one band, and I'd be like, yep, that's one band. I believe it. That's one band putting out all that stuff, which makes it really hard for me to differentiate between them. But when I pull them apart, and when I listen to them, force myself to listen to them not back-to-back or not interspersed, I come down to liking Firefly better just because I like the female lead vocal better and because I think that... Wrapped in Your Arms is the prettiest of these songs. So my winner in the close one here, because I consider these bands very, very similar, is Fireflight. Okay, interesting. So we went with the uh, the beauty pageant uh, in this one <laughs> for, for your answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I went with the off-the-wall Paul, off-the-wall Paul over Zach Plaque. That's all I'm saying. Well... I'm going to answer mine by taking a look at the full uh, ensemble here. I'm going to take a look at do these three songs back-to-back give me a full picture of what these bands are about. And I can tell you from my experience, we could have picked three completely different songs from both bands, and I would still have a struggle. Skillet it has been around longer, so they're going to have a little bit more. Uh, they've got a bigger fan base. My pick is going to go with Skillet, and my <laughs> reasoning is, is that <laughs> I I really like Jen as a backup vocalist. I think John's voice is spot on. I think that uh, the opportunity to go see them in concert to me, I'm going to go to Skillet before I go to Fireflight. Mm. But I will tell you that it was difficult coming up with a band that I thought that could even hold water to Skillet because they are a juggernaut. If you've had anybody who you've talked to or you've read about that follows the Skillet world, they are huge. They're theatrical. They are the headline band. Uh, My dad is one that goes to band concerts all the time, his whole life, going all the way back into the uh, 70s. And he will tell you that Skillet is one of the best shows he's ever seen. Hmm. And that's not because he's a Christian, because he certainly has had his times. He's seen the, the Black Sabbaths of the world. <laughs> so, you know, there are certainly, um, you know, big bands, and there are certainly big Christian rock bands. Skillet hits both categories well and i definitely get that there can be a separation between fantastic stage performance and favorite music even best concert i ever saw was the goo goo dolls and the goo goo dolls are probably not even in my top 50 bands in terms of bands i'm fans of so Mm -hmm. um i I get that how a band can put on a great show and these guys with their both of these bands with their over the topness must put on a phenomenal live show this is arena music Um, I guess I must just not have encountered them because they're completely out of my sphere. When I pop on my Vampire Weekend uh, Pandora channel, not a lot of Skillet songs are popping up. No. Um, And my tastes are drifting more synth. And there's not a... I mean, there is synth in this, but this music isn't synth-driven. Would you say there's more synth going on in Firefly or in Skillet? You know what? I think they both have little dabbles of it. I think that, uh, again, any band that is going to be over the top, like you had mentioned, that's theatrical, that's really trying to just keep the attention of a hyperactive audience, uh, you're going to have some of those spots where you need to fill in some of that synth work. There is no way that you can tell me that these bands can go on for hours and hours and hours. And, And I know they do, but 
being able to play it all themselves. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Um, well, I am glad that you introduced me to both of these bands. Uh, I've listened to these 12 songs too much to listen to them anytime soon, but I'll go back. One day I'll go back and listen to some of these songs, particularly all the Bangles covers that they do. And I want to see the super group. I want to see the Skillet guys and the Firefly gals get together and the Skillet gals and the Firefly guys get together and have a whole, like, swapping this is getting into a weird area now. Um, yeah, let's get Fire Skillet going. <laughs> No, you know what? I, I agree with you. I like I'd love to see more. And you know what? As as an audience here, if you know of songs from these bands that we did not highlight today and you think they should have been highlighted, let us know out there on our site. Have a good life, everyone. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Wow. Ugh, it's yeah, it's been a day. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. though. I think that was good stuff. Oh.